Winnaker Weekly is a three-episode-in anime discussion podcast where two brothers discuss a show of their choice. The show can be anything from a current season flop to a decades-old classic. What are they going to talk about next? Who knows? They sure don't. And this is your weekly news in nerddom. Uh, let's go ahead and get started. Um, first and foremost, I don't know if you heard about this, um, but Reddit's um, Thanos did nothing wrong um, page, or whatever it's called, uh, subreddit. subreddit yeah. Um, yeah. They, uh, they decided to go ahead and prove that uh, Thanos did nothing wrong by banning half of the user base from that subreddit <laughs> and doing it at random and and then uh putting them all in the other in another subreddit called in the soul stone Some, something along those lines yes um but yeah they uh, so the, apparently it, it just got huge the Thanos did nothing wrong subreddit um and when it news spread that they were going to um you know ban half the users at random it got even bigger it got to the point to Reddit's like, no, you can't do this. This might actually hurt, like, you know, how the system works. You know, this might actually do damage to this subreddit. Um, not like emotional damage, but like, you know, actually like damage to the coding and stuff like that. It, we, and they, uh, and so they were going to, they weren't going to do it, but there was a huge outcry. So many people wanted it to happen. And so Reddit backed off and they even helped them come up with an algorithm that was going to ban half of the users at random and it happened this week and uh on the ninth on the ninth like they said they actually pushed it back a week just because of how big it was yes. um or, or oh, i don't know if it was a week or just a certain number of days but they pushed it back from when they originally planned it well, apparently somebody on reddit was able to contact the directors of uh um infinity war the russos yeah the russos who then got in touch with josh brolin who recorded a video of himself <laughs> snapping his fingers to set it off that's amazing i somehow completely missed that part that is so amazing so so the video of that is actually a continuation of the link that you have uh, listed here ah, so okay. our fans can uh, go to our website um and go to the uh, the news section and we'll have a link to the article that describes this and that video is in there that's amazing i'll have to watch that video when i get the chance uh yeah and then i was actually going to go ahead and write this down but i forgot but since you're the one who posted it how about we talk about the release date that we're very excited about castlevania season two is releasing on netflix about time october 26th so just before halloween i mean we have been waiting for season two for as long as some fans have been waiting for a new season of their show but um now, Castlevania is just this amazing four-episode show that they've got on Netflix. Yeah, it's only four episodes long. But now, but they're releasing eight episodes this October. Mm -hmm. And Netflix was so impressed with what they've done with these eight episodes that even before they had a release date for season two, they announced season three. Yes. So they greenlit season three before season two even had a date. Um, or so, a release date. So, so we're really excited about this. One of the really coolest things about this... Um, and this is just something I really, really appreciate appreciate as a nerd, is that when they were making the show, they made sure that everybody had access to a copy of, I think, Castlevania 3? Is it based mm -hmm. off, or is it 2? I want to say 2. It's I probably want to say 2. two. 
no, two is Simon's quest, mm. and this is Trevor Belmont, so it's got to be three. Okay, you, it's might, gotta be you three. might be right. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, it's based off of one of the NES Castlevania games. Yes. Um, and they um, <clears throat> they made sure that the um, they made sure. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, it's fine. I just turned down our own audio, and our headphones were recording at the same. Oh, volume. okay. Okay. It was a little bit loud in my ears. Yes. But anyways, but now, um, but now it's it's set to the normal. It's set to normal. Okay. Um. Anyways. Um. They made sure that they had access to copies of that game. So, you know, the artists, the writers, um, everybody, the animators, they all had access to this game so they could get it as close to the feel of the NES Castlevania 3 as possible, which is just really, and really cool. they did cool. a fantastic job. They, they really did. They, they, some of the effects, some of the vampire teleporting effects, I mean, it's... A combination of you know that it's got its origins from what mm-hmm. what limitations the system had, mm-hmm. but it's also a mo- a modern anime interpretation of those effects, and it just feels right. Mm-hmm. They spend a lot of time getting this right, and I'm really happy about that. Yeah, I'm very excited for season two. I cannot wait, and it coming out in October is actually really 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 fitting. <laughs> so yes. right yeah. before Halloween, mm-hmm. and in other news. Season three of Overlord started today. As of us recording this, we're recording it on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday. Yes. Um. And yeah, the eleventh is when it started. Actually, no, I think it was the tenth. I think it was yesterday when it I think started. It dropped yesterday. Yeah, it dropped yesterday. Okay. Overlord season three dropped the tenth. So yeah, yeah. For some reason, I was thinking today was Tuesday when we were recording. Nope, it's not. It's Wednesday. It is Wednesday. Um. But uh. <laughs> but yeah. Um. I'm super excited for Overlord Season 3. Seasons 1 and Season 2 were just so much fun to watch. They really were. Um, and, I'm, and I already read the synopsis for Episode 1, and uh, and Eins gets worried that his NPCs um, have... Uh, for, uh, for, real fast, for those of you who don't know what Overlord is, um, what are you doing at this point? Watch it. Um, it takes place um, with the main character... Um, it's like another uh, virtual reality MMO where he's his avatar inside the game. Um, but rather than everybody being teleported to this other world, what happens is that he's pretty much the last player in the game and they're mm-hmm. shutting down the servers and he decides to go ahead and just remain in the game until the servers are shut down and then he's going to go to bed and go to work the next day. Um, except that when he closes his eyes right before the servers get shut down, he opens them up again and he is still in this world. But he no longer sees the UIs. He can't pull up prompts or commands like he used to be able to. Um, he's still able. To, he's able to interact with the world, and he realizes that he's in a world that's. But it's not. It's not the world of the game. Mm. He and his NPCs, uh, because he and his guild made this really powerful dungeon and a bunch of bosses for this dungeon that are all loyal to him without question. Yes. Um. They. Uh, they all got teleported to this other fantasy world. Yep. Um, and so, yeah. Anyways, so getting through two seasons of stuff like that is really, really good. Season three starts off and it Ein's, the name of the main character, he is worried that it's all work and no play for his NPCs. So he's trying to give them fun things to do. <laughs> so, or something along those lines. Now, now one of the best little uh, character traits about this show is mm-hmm. that when Ainz speaks, it's with this deep, gruff, evil sounding voice but when he thinks it's with the voice of a uh of a nerdy, of a, of a nerdy of, college student 
Yeah, well, he's older than that. Nerdy young adult. Young like, adult. yeah, he's a he's a he's he's graduated from college. He's working and stuff. Okay. But yeah, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So that that's and it's usually very very comedic. Uh, when between the switches. Yes. Um. Anyways, Overlord season three has started. Very excited for it. Um, we will absolutely be watching this, and if you're listening, you should be watching it too. Yeah, you should be. Though we're definitely going to be doing a three episodes in for season three of Overlord. Fantastic. Okay. Um. Speaking of three episodes in, how about we just go ahead and go right to that next segment? Alrighty. Uh, this week was my choice, and I picked uh, Darling in the Franks. This is all your fault. This is all my fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, get, uh, recap, the uh, Crunchyroll synopsis reads, The Distant Future. Humanity established the mobile fort city plantation upon the ruined wasteland. Within the city were pilot quarters, miscellaneous otherwise known as the birdcage that is where the children live their only mission in life was to fight their enemies are the mysterious giant organisms known as koiru kyoru 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 the children operate robots known as franks in order to face these still unseen enemies among them was a boy who was once called a child prodigy code number 16 hero one day, a mysterious girl called Zero Two appears in front of Hero. I found you, my darling. All right. So uh, the first episode starts off with a parable that they don't go too deeply into mm-hmm. it, but I actually did a little digging, and it's an ancient Chinese. Uh, oh. It's an ancient Chinese mythological creature mm-hmm. called a uh, Jian. And what it is, is that um, a male and female, there are one-eyed, one-winged birds. And I can't tell you which side was which, but one had one gender had the left eye and left wing, and the other had the right eye and right wing. Mm-hmm. And only by pairing together could they fly. Mm-hmm. And it was an analogy for marriage mm-hmm. in ancient Chinese uh, mythologies. Okay. And so the, the story starts off talking about those kinds of birds. Uh, and first, it's the voice of Zero Two talking about it, and then we, and then it's reiterated by Hero mm-hmm. uh, shortly thereafter, and he's in a, um, and he and the story starts off with him uh, in a wooded area, watching a bird that <coughs> flew into the dome. Mm-hmm. Of where they're at, and so it left blood stains on the dome, and mm-hmm. now he's worried about this bird. While narrating the, basically a recap of what had just been said uh, about, um, mm-hmm. you know, how important it is to be able to fly, to find someone that you can fly with. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, otherwise, you're trapped. And what's the point of being a bird if you can't fly? Mm-hmm. And it both both characters have a very very different outlook on it. Whereas zero two. She's very, very excited to find her partner and be able to fly and, like, have all these limits removed from her, mm-hmm. you know? Whereas Hiro, as we learn very, very quickly on, he's... And it gives a very good impression of impression of what he's struggling with, mm-hmm. is that he thinks it's stupid that these things exist and that they, you know, that they're completely worthless by themselves. So... Yeah. Two very, very different reads on that story. Um, and that gives us insight on how the characters think that early on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... Um, 
<sighs> okay. Um. So these kids, um, we learned that they are uh, just kind of through the episodes. We learned that they don't know who their parents are. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually almost convinced that they're grown, not born. I don't know that yet, but it kind of gives that sh- this show kind of gives that vibe to me, right? Um, so, some kind of orphanage esque setup. Yeah, where they were waiting for their parents to come back and get them, but they never did. They're also given <clears throat> a very, very limited education. They're given a limited education, and these the children are named are not given names. They're right. given numbers, um, like. Hiro's number is 016. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another girl uh, named Kokoro. Her number is 556. There's another girl um, by the name of Miku. Her number is 390. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- think Hitomi is 13013. I could be wrong about her. I don't remember what her number is. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah. All the, care- all the children have numbers and not names. Right. Um, and so, uh... But we've discovered that, uh, Hero's been giving them names that are kind of... Yeah, yeah, and that's one of the so, things so I wanted to write. So, because were, you were just saying their names, and then telling yeah, them that they were numbers. Yeah, yeah, I know, and so I was going to go ahead and do that, but, right. uh, um, I was going to say that, and, and I caught this even before Hero pointed it out, but that's just because I know Japanese. Uh-huh. Um, and at the beginning of episode two, we're kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but that's just where they're introducing the, the kids, because they don't name any of the kids outside of Hitomi... Um, who um, who is supposed to be his partner, mm-hmm. uh, Hiro's partner, but they end up failing, not being compatible or whatever. Right. Um, but she. Uh, so there's Hitomi that we learn about. Um, uh, we learn about Ichigo, who Ich she is the Ichigo. Uh, that's who I was thinking of. She, she's she's the, one uh, five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's one five. Um, I don't think we ever learned um, Hitomi's number. Right. Um, but anyways, um, and it's and it's established that that they're numbered based on some kind of uh, hierarchy. Yeah. Because uh, something, some throwaway line in episode three talks about their numbers. Like, like if you're a double digit number, mm-hmm. you're more important than triple digit numbers. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. and so they're not just numbered randomly. There seems to be some hierarchy in their numbering system. Mm-hmm. And so. Uh, and so we're led to believe that Hero was, as as number 16, he was somebody that they had a lot of expectations for. So to see him mm-hmm. fail. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, um, we learn that um, all their names are based off of the numbers that they had. And all that Hiro did was he took different readings for their numbers and renamed them. Okay. Whereas uh, Hiro, it's 1-6. Um, so, uh, like... One, one. If you just say it by itself, it's Ichi in mm-hmm. Japanese, but uh, which is where you get Ichigo because her name is one, one five. five, right? But I was um, wondering why she was named Strawberry because there's nothing red about her. But yeah, yeah. But um, and then Hiro, his he's one six, right? So another way of saying one um is Hito, Hito. and like Hitotsu is one object or Hitori is one person. Mm. Um, so um, so Hito. So he took he and then Ro from six is Roku. Ah. So Hiro is how he got his name. Uh, and then Kokoro, hers is five five six. Ah. Um, but instead of saying instead of giving her name Gogoro, uh-huh. Kokoro sounds better. Right. So they went with that. And then Miku, which reminds um, me of that scene from uh, Free when uh, mm-hmm. they're they're arguing whether or not to call her Ko or Go. Yeah. Like, Haha! You just got Looney Tuned. You just got Looney Tuned. 
You just got Looney Tuned. Uh, anyways, um, so Miku, the girl with red twin tails, her number was, I think, 390, something along those okay. lines. It's a three and a nine. So mm-hmm. Mi is Mitsu or uh, for three items. And then Ku is like Q for uh, the number nine. Okay. So all the kids, all their names, and they kind of... Uh, they, they do establish that later on in a flashback to when they're all very, very young, and Hiro's very much the leader of the group at that age. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I caught on to that as soon as I saw the names and the numbers underneath. I, I paused it, rewound it a little bit, so I could go ahead and just make sure that my assumption was correct. Okay. But yeah, so, yeah, so I kind of I kind of really liked that part. Um, I thought that was a clever play on words. Um but, uh, so the first episode, these kids... I just realized that Ko is the, uh, the fifth wheel to the, uh, four team in, uh, Oh, free. gosh. She's their manager. She is, but they, <laughs> they, they established four main characters mm-hmm. and Ko. Anyways. So it's just, that, that, just realizing that pun, so... <laughs> Anyways. Anyways, moving on, yes. So, um... We learn, or we see, at the very beginning, we see it, it's it's um, Zero Two's perception of the world. And she's talking about she wants to see an ocean or other things. And right. they're like, no, there's no ocean in this area. And you're flying over Earth, as it's established, and it's, it's red and barren. Mm. And she's apparently going from one operation to this city. And there's a man who's very, very injured in... The, yeah. in the in the plane with her uh, and that turns out to, cast uh, his head's wrapped and it's very turns out that's her partner right um and we'll go ahead and go into who partners are in a little bit but um the the kids are there at like a graduation ceremony that they've become official parasites there's there's four teams each a boy and a girl mm-hmm. um and they uh it takes one boy and one girl to pilot these right. Franks, these yes. Mecca. Um, and uh, and they call the pilots parasites. They call the pilots parasites. But they're using the English word parasite in the Japanese. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, not a par- it's, not the, it's not a direct translation. It mm-hmm. is the English word for it. Which makes me wonder if they're uh, misinterpreting the word parasite slightly because <laughs> of the way pair means two. So what, so, um, maybe I don't know. I, I, I didn't get that vibe. Okay. So, but you know, whatever. Maybe <laughs> have to look into it. Okay. But anyways, um, they uh, we we get to Hiro and Hiro's kind of wandering around and he's trying to find a bird that's hurt itself, slammed itself against this glass window. Right. When he comes across um, a girl bathing in a pool. Yes. With no clothes well, he, on. He comes across mm-hmm. the clothes first. He comes across the, clo- the clothes first. Which is when you told your son that he needs to leave the room now. I was... I I occasionally let my children start watching with me, but I don't always have complete control over them. Uh, and just a heads up, this show is not for younger viewers. Now, this this is a... This, um, something about the Crunchyroll app, or the, uh, the uh, Verve app on... Um, uh, uh, for the PS4, is that they don't give the ratings of the shows immediately. You just kind of have to know mm-hmm. beforehand when you're starting it. Like well, they, we can like always, they, they we can always just look it up on Anime News, Anime News Network. It's true. So. We can look it up. Mm-hmm. It's just, 
uh, basically the one of the disadvantages of the Verve app is that it doesn't give you like a TV fourteen or uh, seventeen plus or whatever rating it is. They they will mark a title as mature, and they will uh, they have a setting where mature content doesn't show. Mm-hmm. Like, like the options to watch them, you can turn that toggle that on or off. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, they can on the PS4 version of the uh, Verve app. Oh, Verve, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, uh, but yeah, um, knowing knowing the general rating of a show before I let my kids sit and watch it with me uh, would be good. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. But at the same time, we do have the option of just using... Yeah, we can look it up. We can look it up. We can so. look it up elsewhere. The, the information's out there. It just would be nice for it to be there presently. Instead of having to do a Google search wall. Anyway, that's fine. But yeah, okay. So he ends up uh, walking up onto her clothes and trying to identify it at first because he's not 100% sure what well, it is. Well, so she, she wears a very different uniform than the rest of them, so he doesn't see it. He, that's the only clothes he's ever really seen except for the uniforms that the few adults that they interact with wear. Yes. Um, so, again, these children... He, he's of a group of children who were raised with almost no understanding of the outside world, uh, very limited education, so he's not even sure. He, he mm-hmm. knows some things. He knows things that he was allowed to know. But, uh, yeah, uh, seeing an unfamiliar set of clothes and uh, grabbing the thing that was on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he grabs a pair of unmentionables. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess it's the, the, the easiest way to say it. it, it it's a pair of panties. It is a it's, pair of panties. It's a pair of panties. And uh, then he looks over and sees a silhouette swimming in the lake. Mm-hmm. Um... Which is a clear and present feminine silhouette, which then goes diving down and doesn't come up for a while. And he starts getting worried. And he decides to go in after her because he thinks that she's drowning. So he jumps in after her, fully dressed, gets in up to his knees when she pops out of the water with a fish in her mouth. (laughs) Yep. With all the... uh, all the censoring that you expect from a show like Tenchi Muyo. Oh gosh, with her, with her with hair is two... just in the exact right spot. Yes, with, with with two strands of two locks of hair on either side of her face coming straight down to censor exactly where it was expected to go. It's something they did with Ryoko in uh, Tenchi Muyo, and it's just it's a trope at this point. Mm-hmm. Um. So. She comes. She ultimately she spits out the fish, mm-hmm. and she starts giving him a hard time. She is not embarrassed in the slightest to be in the nude in front of this mm-hmm. boy. And uh, they end up talking a bit, and uh, it's ultimately revealed that he was running into the pool for her to try to save her, and she likes that about him, and gives him a formal thank you, mm-hmm. and and an adorable little smile. An adorable smile, formal thank you. She gets out of the water. She's still not embarrassed at all. Um, but after she gets dressed, uh, she she has a habit uh, that is established at the very beginning when she licks herself. But she apparently likes to know the flavor of people. She licks... Uh, yeah, so she li- licks um, Hiro. Uh, later, she licks Ichigo. 
and, and, and in one scene, uh, she she's she seems to be determining. She, she she there's a very deterministic methodology to her licking people. Like she'll she'll hate the, her own flavor. She wishes that she could was she could go swimming in the uh, ocean. Yeah, she licks herself after after um she gets out of the pool after the out of the lake, and she's like, I thought the ocean was saltier than that. I thought the ocean was supposed to be salty. And Hitter says that's not the ocean; it's just a pond. Yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and she licks him. Uh, well, well, she pounces him. She, no, she gets dressed. She gets dressed, and then she pounces him, and she and, licks his cheek, and, and licks his cheek, and then she says, "Your your flavor makes my heart flutter. It's t- it's tangy, and it bites, and it lingers, and it make and you taste of danger, mm-hmm. and I like it." And later, when she licks uh, Ichigo, she's like, mm, "You're salty." <laughs> Which is actually pretty funny because it's pretty obvious that Ichigo really likes Hiro. Um, and she does not like the fact that, uh, that uh, and we see this at the end of episode one, but um, that um, Zero Two starts calling Hiro my darling. Uh, and she, it really... Actually, yeah, right there after she gets her clothes on. And does she say my darling after, then? After licking him, she offers to make him her darling. And, oh. and be their partners, and he's about to reach for and her, hand, to reach for her and hand. When her entourage, when her appears. entourage, mm-hmm. that's yeah, right, that's she right. She escaped mm-hmm. from them. Mm-hmm. Um, she escaped from them, and uh, yeah, she's like, oh, too bad. Mm-hmm. Time's up. Yep. Um, and she's in the habit of just going off on her own. It really, really upsets her superiors. Um, but she, um, she, it also is revealed that it looks like she's got a pair of horns that are on a headband. But um, what it really is is that she actually has a pair of horns, and one of the reasons she likes Hiro is because he didn't freak out about her horns. Right. Um, but she wears this headband, and the headband kind of clicks into the horns to make it kind of look like it's a headband thing. I don't know if the headband's there for another purpose. Maybe we'll run that uh, on another day, mm-hmm. another episode. But um, but yeah, um, she has a pair of horns. Uh, now we've learned at this point that there's been some gossip about her. That we've learned at this point that uh, that there is a pilot with horns who, when she partners with anybody, after the third time partnering with them, they die. Mm-hmm. That that she's this cursed pilot, mm-hmm. and apparently he doesn't even care. Like, he, he hears the rumors and doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. Because when he first sees her, he feels something click inside of him as well. Like, yes. something he's never experienced before. Um, and, yeah, but... so And he feels some kind of, a, like, immediate connection to this woman. Mm. Um, but anyways, um, we get to this ceremony where these kids are about, to show, are about to show off piloting their Franks for the first time. And we see the... Um, we see the control units. The women kind of get down into the system, and a pair of handles come off of them. Yes. And the men hold on to those handles and help pilot things, but they have to be in unison for things to work. Yeah. Um, uh, on on her the back of her helm, the back of the female's helmet seems to be a heads up display that also th- shows their synchronicity. Shows what their synchronicity is and, like. Is and with. so so you have a blue. Mm-hmm. They have this looping, uh, this uh, symmetrical looping display with a red. 
bar and a blue bar, and their numbers have to be the same and and high. Uh-huh. And, and so it kind of, bar- well, it borrows heavily from shows like Evangelion, but in this way, it also, there's, there's a synchronicity that Evangelion mm-hmm. had in their system. Like, you had to be so in sync with your mm-hmm. own machine. But now, it's two partners that have to be in sync with each other. Yeah, well, that and that reminded me of Pacific Rim. Uh, the sure. full dive system from Pacific Rim. I actually wrote that down. Yeah. Um, because later on, we see um, Ichigo... Um, for some reason, we're not really explained why. But um, Hiro, even though he's failed at becoming a pilot or a parasite, um, he's allowed to stay. Whereas yeah. the girl who was supposed to be his partner is sent back. Yeah. Um, she, um, yeah, she gets very, very, well, a- anyways, um, so we don't really know why. But uh, we, we see that um, in order to kind of prove, him, prove that he can be a pilot, Ichigo says, let's, well, I will, you know, I'll be his partner. Mm-hmm. And so they get into the system together, and when they first connect and try to connect with each other, we see kind of this cool scene that reminded me of the full dive uh, animation from Pacific Rim. Right. And I really, really liked that. I thought that was cool. Mostly because I love Pacific Rim and want more of it, even though <laughs> I, I haven't seen the sequel they made because I heard it was awful, and I'm mm-hmm. worried about them being right. Um, and I kind of want to leave the original in the utter perfectness that it is. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I really, really like. I really, really liked that it reminded me of Pacific Rim, where the two partners have to be working together, um, right. and we see what happens when they sense. don't work together. And it makes more sense in this way because they're doing something different. They're each doing something different, but they have to be synchronized. Mm-hmm. It made a little less sense with um, the synchronizing in Pacific Rim because they both had to be moving their bodies in exactly the same way mm-hmm. every single time, and it seemed a little redundant. But to have two people doing something different but unified yeah made made more sense to me the the reason they had it in pacific rim is because it was too much of a strain on a single brain to handle the machine right so they split it up between two people right so and that made that worked fine for me so yeah no i'm not dissing on it but it mm -hmm. just it's i like better not be dissing on it i'm not dissing on it i'm just saying (laughs) i like this system because Mm -hmm. you have two different people doing different things but have to Mm -hmm. be synchronized in what they're doing Mm -hmm. but um anyways uh he refuses to go to kind of the ceremony thing even though he's still there uh, and he's more than welcome to attend um but he decides he's gonna leave and he's like no i failed there's no point me being here right um and so he leaves and he's gonna try to get on this transport with um with hitomi i think her name was right um and she just says no it's not your fault it's mine they're letting you stay and she pretty much throws her suitcase at him so he misses the door closing on the transport yes and she goes off without him but he's still determined to leave so he's just waiting for the next one to show up but as he's waiting, one of these beasts, one of these creatures, um, I didn't bother writing down the name, um, the, uh, the Kyoryu, or whatever they're called, Yeah. They um, one of these creatures attacks and destroys the transport that Hitomi's in. Yes. Um, and he, the thing comes and the, the, the moving city that they're in opens, has all these cannons open up and just opens fire on this thing, but they're not hurting it in the slightest it slams into it does damage to the city and the kids were just about to leave the um 
they're just about to do a testing demonstration. A testing demonstration. Um, and so they're in their mechs, mm-hmm. but this thing slams into the the docking bay and damages the doors so the doors can't open. Right. And it's about to attack one of the mechs, uh, one of these Franks with the two with two of the kids in it. Um, and they uh, and then we see a secondary creature that actually Hiro first thought was another um, Kyoryu. Yes. Um, attacking the first one. Now, what's interesting is the first, the first demon, it's on all fours and has a, like a giant T Rex. It's black. Head it's and black and has blue glowy bits. Blue glowy bits, and it kind of mm-hmm. looks like a T Rex. And so it was easy to confuse the other one because it's it's white and pink, but it's also on all fours and in kind of this beast shape. Mm-hmm. And that was something I wrote down is that. Mm-hmm. Um, we find out uh, pretty quickly that uh, um, uh, they they say uh, okay. So some of the people who were part of some entourage seem to be high priests of some kind, mm-hmm. and they they make some commentary on uh, the uh, the Franks that's coming in in beast mode, saying how ugly. Mm-hmm. It's like this thing looks amazing. How is this ugly? Like so. Well, we have to wait and find out. We find out um, pretty quickly that if one pilot is taking over a Franks, it is not as powerful and is more wild. Well, mm-hmm. in, in this instance, it's more wild than if two pilots were working together, then it's more human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and I love that little dichotomy, that visual uh, mm-hmm. that that creates. And so he, um, and so yeah, uh, this this creature starts the, this the this Franks that we learn it's a Franks that's attacking this Kyoryu, uh-huh. and it's um, doing pretty well against it. Um, it drives off, it drives it off, and it reflects one of its attacks, so the city doesn't get destroyed by it. Right. Um, and he and uh, but after it deflects it atta- its attack, it gets flown back and pretty much crashes right next to Hito. And uh-huh. the cockpit opens up, and we see the pilot who had been beaten up fall out, and he's obviously dead at yeah. this point. And then um, Zero Two, who had apparently tossed his body out, is about uh-huh. to go back in and go back into the fight by herself. And then Hero's like, no, you can't do it by yourself. You'll die if you pilot the thing by yourself. She's like, I pilot it by myself all the time. But she's bloodied uh, bloodied, and uh, pretty hurt. Yes, yeah, so she, uh, she seems not to care about dying. Mm-hmm. Her, de- her dying doesn't seem to dissuade her from taking action. Mm-hmm. And so he goes in, and uh, he um, he offers to go with her, and she accepts his offer. Uh-huh. Um, and in order to create a bond with him very very quickly, she offers to kiss him, and he has no idea what that is because these kids are very very sheltered; they have no idea what any of that stuff is. Yes. Um, and she offers to kiss him, and it's actually kind of funny. Um, in the next episode, we learn that they do have a term for kissing, but what that is is that two cities come together, or two a city and a docking station come come together, and that's their term for docking. So they say kissing, uh, yeah. a kissing operation is when a city docks with like a, a gas station or something like that to get more fuel. Yeah. So, but anyways, um, she then kisses him. And it cuts to the outside of the Franks, and mm-hmm. the Franks gets up on its two feet, and it turns into a very feminine yes. form. 
Um, well, as feminine as this robot's going to get. It's got massive arms and massive legs, but a very feminine figure in the middle. Oh, it's and absolutely then, feminine. And then a feminine anime girl face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the, so, the, this beast just... It, and, and it's interesting, because what they establish... What they seem to establish is that the face is like a screen. It, it, it's some kind of video screen mm-hmm. that takes on the persona of a face... Of that, the girl. That interacts... That, that, that is completely... In control of the girl, it, it, mm. it take it's a it's like a broadcast of what the girl's expressions are, mm-hmm. morphed into whatever persona mm-hmm. the robot is. It's like the AI, um, whatever her name is, that Kisuna AI or whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah, it's like that program that we're seeing. And uh, yeah, anyways. Um, so sometimes, uh, sometimes uh, in the show we end up with these split screens where the guy's talking and then the girl's responding, but it's the face of the robot responding. Mm-hmm. It's the face of the robot responding. Um, but anyways, um, they then get into this battle and they're so powerful that they destroy this thing and destroy a crystal crystal core in the center of it. Uh-huh. Uh, and they come out of the battle and people are wondering who was piloting it and... Uh, Zero Two comes out and carrying the unconscious body of um, Hiro. Of Hiro. Yes. Um, and then that's the end of episode one. Uh, but we also learned that um, she apparently has these horns because she has a Kyoryu blood in her. Yes. So she's very, very unique because of that. But um, yeah, so that's the end of episode one. Um, episode two, we've already kind of covered a lot of it just here and there. Um, if there's, there's flashbacks, uh, to when they were kids, um, they start off in the school and, well, they, they go back to the school and Hiro has decided to stay even, um, because he wants to pilot again with zero two. Is episode two the scene with the, uh, the breakfast? Yes. Episode two is the scene with the breakfast where he, he walks up and he sees, he talks to Ichigo and she's like, I'm glad. And she's, she's happy. He's decided to stay. Um, and then, um, one of the students, one of, one of the other squad members comes out, um, what's his name? Is this the Uh, braggart? No, this is Futoshi. Futoshi is the one with the glasses. Okay. He opens the door and says, hey, um, that girl's eating with us. (laughs) And they... Now, correct me, is Futoshi the older brother, uh, or the brother of, um, Ichigo? They're, I, I, they, wa- I want to say they they said that they were brother and sister and that they were co they, and that they they're were not co-parasites. brothers. They're not brothers and sisters. Um, they um, what they what they talk about is that they were in the same orphanage together ah. and then they went through all the programs together as well. So they're like siblings. Oh, okay. So so uh, Futoshi Ichigo and Hiro have been together the longest out of all of them. Okay. Um, but um. Futoshi says, "Hey, she's eating. Uh, she's eating with us. We don't know what to do." Um, and so they uh, cuts inside, and you see Zero Two pouring, dumping an entire jar of honey all over her breakfast. All over her breakfast, and she just picks up this big old thing of ham and starts eating it. It's just covered in honey, and everyone's like, "That's so disgusting looking." All over, and where I just thought, mm, "Honey, honey roasted ham sounds real good right now." Is what I thought when I saw that. But um, it, it and looked, then it looked like a very thick strip of bacon. Mm-hmm. And then the braggart uh, Zorome, Zorome comes up and starts talking to her, uh-huh. and she ignores him and uses his shirt to wipe her honey-covered hands on. <laughs> Which she complains, "These are my Sunday best." Mm-hmm. I don't feel bad for him at all. Yeah, but she sees that they're 
she overhears them kind of uh, bad-mouthing Hito. Uh-huh. Um, and Zero Two just gets up, goes over, scoots Hito over in his own chair and sits next to him and then tries to start feeding him. Yes. Which really... And then she starts. She calls him my darling in front of everybody there. And you very much see a bad reaction from, uh, from Ichigo. From Ichigo. Yeah. Uh, she's cutting a... She's cutting a, I was about to say grape, but it's not a grape. It's a tomato, uh-huh. a cherry tomato. And then that just goes kink all the way through. <laughs> so it's like, if you needed any more evidence that Ichigo likes Hiro. Yeah, Ichigo <laughs> likes Hiro. She does not like uh, Zero Two encroaching quite... And she doesn't like how much Zero Two is displaying affection. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, which is another thing... Ichigo doesn't know how to show affection. She's just a, she's lived just as sheltered as yeah, mother. yeah. So so she knows she likes him. She just doesn't know how to express it mm-hmm. um, because of her upbringing. And in fact, every single person in that so she's so again zero two says darling in English. Mm-hmm. So with, with all of her Japanese language and then darling in english mm-hmm. it makes that's not a, that's not unusual for japanese people to say darling in english they all they know what it means what i'm saying is uh-huh. in that scene there seemed to be a resounding what does this word mean when she said darling mm-hmm. among the other children oh yeah okay okay yeah the other children would be like huh so yeah They're they like, all darling yeah is... or they were they were also just freaked out by her actions and because of because uh, uh she gets in trouble as much trouble as she gets in with with her, you know her um, whatever they're called. I was calling them something earlier. Uh, her keepers or whatever. Yeah. I forget what word I was using to describe them earlier. Anyways, entourage. Entourage. Yeah, they come in and pretty much say you're not supposed to be in here. Come with us. And she's like, oh. And she had moved to sitting onto Hiro's lap because we see her legs are over his yeah. now. And then she just gets up and swings off over him and, and you know, goes off. Yes. Um, anyways, uh, the kids get into training and stuff. And they uh, and we then see how the kids get into their uniforms for yes. piloting these Franks. And I just thought to myself, that's a very, very convenient way of getting in skin tight suits because the boys and the girls they both wear like these skin tight suit combat suits right uh or pilot suits whatever they're called uh to pilot the franks and they put on some pretty tight underwear both the boys and the girls and they just go over and they stand in these beams of light and these beams of light put the suit onto them and i'm just like i wish i could dress like that it's a a spray paint type fabric 3d printer they're just standing in and it just as it slowly pans up and puts mm-hmm. the skin-tight bodysuit on you. Mm-hmm. But again, the girls are talking about um, Hiro and how... Well, not all of them. It's just Miku, the red mm-hmm. the red head with the pig ta- the twin tails. Mm-hmm. Um, she... Um... So they're, they're also... So what's happening is they're in a locker room. And they're showering in individual stalls. And then putting on the tight uh, under things. And then have the spray. Mm-hmm. The, the, yeah. The, yeah. The, well, before that, though, the kids are all talking about how there's no way that Hiro piloted that thing. Because what happened is that Hiro doesn't remember. He yes. remembers getting in there. He remembers the sensation of it all. But he does not remember actually piloting. Right. Um, and so they all think that he's full of crap, you know. Um, well, everybody but Ichigo and um, and uh, whatever his name is. Um, Futoshi. Uh-huh. Um, they all... Uh, you know, they all kind of think he's full of crap. 
Right. Um, and some of them are much louder about it than others. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny that the two who are the loudest about it uh, are Miku and Zorome uh-huh. and their partners. <laughs> um, but yeah, Miku's making fun of uh, making fun of it, and then uh, Ichigo just kind of slaps her hand against one of these dressing machines to shut Miku up. And Miku's like, I thought it was a shower. Power? I thought it was a shower. No, that's that no, in. no, no, no. That's that's not a shower. That's what they're standing in to get dressed. That's the machine that. I, I thought they changed machines. Okay. Nope. Because she just barely got out of that, and then Miku got into it. Because ah. it was her that we saw that the machine was putting on her clothes. Yes, she, she mm-hmm. did. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't a shower. Okay. Um, but yeah, and then they went out and they did some training exercises and stuff, and um, um. Hiro, he's really, really trying to convince them to let him pilot with, uh, with Zero Two, uh-huh. and they're like, "No, you're not, you're not a parasite. No, you can't do it. It's not no." Yeah. Uh huh. And they they refuse. They will not let it happen ever. Um. And uh, as much as Zero even Zero Two even wants it to happen, it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't really happen. What else happens in episode two? I want to say that that's the episode that in order to test to make um there was a there was a combat. There was a well, training. It wasn't, was it the? It wasn't the. Uh, it wasn't the. Um, it wasn't the the practice to see if he could if Hiro could be a pilot, was it? I, I want to say it. I could have sworn that was episode two. Uh, you mean three or three? Yeah, yeah. I could have sworn that was episode three. Uh, I'm trying to think. Okay, so. Yeah, that might have been the beginning of episode three. Mm-hmm. Where well. When did it happen? When did the kiss with Ichigo happen? Was that the beginning that of may, episode that three? That may have been or? episode two. Yeah, yeah. Because there, there's there's mm-hmm. some there's some event, and I'm trying to remember exactly how it came to mm-hmm. pass. But I, I I couldn't watch the whole thing consistently all the way through at the same time, and yeah. I didn't take good notes while I was watching it. But, but and it's it's fine, it's fine. But what what happened is that um pretty much what happens um Zorome, um. Is constantly just badgering. Um, Hiro. Yes. Um, uh, he's he's just a bragger. He's just a punk. Um, talking about how great he is. Um, and he and uh, in order to get to to see whether or not Ichigo can actually be not Ichigo, Hiro can be a pilot or not. Uh-huh. Um, they say we're gonna have him be a. Uh, we're, we're going to you know test and see if he can be a pilot again. Right. And uh, they they ask, can he have a who wants to be his partner? And Zero Two says, "Well, he's my darling, so he should fly, he should pilot with me." And they're like, "No, he's not a he's not a parasite. He's not going to pilot with you." They keep push they keep pushing it down. Right. And so Ichigo volunteers and says, "Okay, well, let me do it." Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, "Okay." Um, and then Zorome, like, and who wants to go ahead and you know fight against them for this training yeah, thing? And Zorome right, yeah. throws up his hand. So yeah, what's up? No, go on. Yeah, yeah. And so they uh they, they go out into this uh they go out and he and um Hiro and Ichigo pair up and that's when we see the dive sequence. Right. See, that's when we see the dive dive sequence. And she um and they're piloting for a little bit. They're piloting for like, you know, thirty seconds or so before suddenly it gets bad. Yes. And they le- completely lose control just as they're about to get into this combat. And um he, um, Ichigo asks for a three-minute timeout um, because they want to figure out what's wrong. And she starts talking to him and says, well, what happened? What happened in there? 
uh, did anything else happen? You have right. to tell me. And he said, well, she did this thing called a kiss. And she's just like, what's a kiss? And he explains it to her. And she's like, you know, it, it, it or we touch her lips together. And she's like, what? And he's like, no. And he's like, no, 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 no. She, she did it to me. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and so she's like, okay, fine. Well, let's go ahead and give that a try. And she gives him a kiss. Um, and after the, like, he feels just this kind of electricity go through him during the kiss with Zero Two. Right. But he feels nothing after the kiss with Ichigo. Yeah. Um. Uh, in part because she has no technique and she doesn't know what she's doing. She just uh puts her mouth on him. Well, this is all, though. And because, and, you know, uh. There is kissing, and then there's just putting your mouth on something. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there, and so Ichigo is still a child, is still a young, a young woman who has no experience. We don't know what their ages of, are. They actually just, haven't told us. Just hasn't uh, had much, hasn't had any experience or training, mm-hmm. or even seen what it looks like to see other people do it. Mm-hmm. No, it's completely a foreign concept mm-hmm. to her. Whereas clearly Zero Two has had. Oh some, yeah, she uh, she's had lots some of ex- worldly uh, experiences. Yeah, she's uh, yeah she's a much more experienced. We'll just say that. Um, anyways, um, so th- th- that's part of it. But um, yeah, e- even before the kiss, the relationship between Hero and Zero Two, there's uh, there's way more there, and, he, and there's way more sparking, chemistry. There's and, way more of a spark there. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so and all the attraction is coming from Ichigo. Ichigo's very very much into Hiro. Yeah, and it's a one way thing. But Hiro, so. I, we learn later, Hiro really just kind of sees her as a sister. You yeah. know, um, he doesn't have those feelings for her. But um, anyways, they kiss and, so, and then nothing happens, mm-hmm. and then she gets embarrassed and upset about it because um, the other. Franks is now attacking them because the three minutes are up, and you know the the self absorbed brat uh, Zorome, uh-huh. he just starts attacking them, and uh, she gets pissed and she pilots it by herself, which is extremely dangerous to do. They say, mm-hmm. and she just ends up tackling the other one and right. getting them into a position to where no, they're both inoperable. Right. So uh, just from the visual, I haven't. So we haven't seen past the first three episodes. Neither of us have, Mm-mm. and so just the visual of what. Uh, is happening it seems what's going on is the girls become the robot and the guys pilot them Mm -hmm. based on how they're positioned in the cockpit and how their faces become what the uh the figure and how Mm -hmm. the robots take on a feminine figure like Mm -hmm. all all of the robots seem to be taking on a feminine figure Mm -hmm. with a guy piloting them Mm -hmm. now what we've glossed over so far is that the positions that are happening? Do we even have to bring that up? I mean, we're trying I mean, to keep we're of, trying to keep this podcast for families and for all ages. <laughs> it, I, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it as clean as I can. Okay. So the positions between them, the girl is like on a motorcycle is like a motorcycle position where they're uh, a racing motorcycle position where they're hunched down, uh, spread over some kind of a bench seat or something. Uh, their helmet becomes the guy's heads up display, and. Part of their skin type bodysuit includes handles that come off of their butt. Off, I was going to say hips. Their hips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the guys stand, sit in a chair behind them and pilot from there. And I think it's important for us to point out that the man who made these, Dr. Franks, uh-huh. if it's the same doctor we're introduced to in episode one, is a pervert. 
Yeah. Okay. Just just flat out. I mean, uh, he if if that's who that is, they say Doctor Franks is the man who made it, and this uh-huh. doctor that we see in the first episode, they never give him his name. Right. But if that's Doctor Franks, I mean, he's groping women and stuff like that, so he's a total pervert. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of a loose. I don't want to say defense of it. I'm just no. saying the man's a pervert. Okay. So. This this show was aimed and geared towards. Uh, teenagers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, is completely full of fan service. Mm-hmm. Uh, the shot angles and everything of that nature. That's mm-hmm. what the show is. Mm-hmm. But we're giving you a, uh, a, a review of it. Yep. So. Yep. But, yeah, and so, uh, anyways, um, after that fight, um, they talk to, uh, Ichigo and he- Hiro and wonder what happened, what went wrong. Uh-huh. Um, and they're not able to really describe what went wrong because they know he was able to pilot um, the other one with uh-huh. zero two. Yeah. Um, and they, uh, so he's still around, he's still training and stuff, but he's not allowed to pilot with anybody, with anything. And that brings up another thing that they, they have these training devices that the guys pilot themselves. Mm-hmm. That... There's just this tiny little adorable yellow robot that he's inside and doing practice maneuvers mm-hmm. inside of. That or is... he's he's piloting as it's running around the base. Or yeah. The, the, yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it, it's it's kind of like a power loader version where it's it just is basically barely larger than human size. Mm-hmm. While the robots that they're piloting are the, you know, 50 meter yeah, giant big. robot mm-hmm. stuff. Kaiju sized. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, anyways, um, kind of moving on, um, the kids are sent off to a, um, to a training facility, or not, they're, they're sent off to get actual combat experience. Yes, they're moved on to the next phase or Mm -hmm. something like that. Yep. Uh, because eventually they're going to have to protect this, they're being raised to protect this city, this Mm -hmm. mobile city from these creatures. And so they're like, there, you, there is a creature over here. We need you to kill it. It's a smaller one. You guys should be just fine. But as they're preparing to go out, um, one of the um, girls mm-hmm. has a panic attack or something, and she's unable to sync with the robot. Right. So it's only three of them instead of four of them that are three partners with their mechs. Yes. Um, instead of four partners with their mechs going out. Um, and... Uh, they uh they go they attack this creature they kill it uh-huh. um but as they kill it um their magma powered weapons start attracting more of these creatures yeah so they start getting completely outnumbered by these things and they and hito says let me pilot and go out there and save them i can partner up here with zero two mm-hmm. and go out there and save them They're like no you can't. You are not a parasite. Okay, now, but, some, now uh-huh. uh, during this fight, mm-hmm. something happens to okay the braggart. What's his Me, name? Uh, he, he is uh, Zorome. Zorome. And then Miku is the girl, is, is the girl. that he's partnered with. They're the attacked in a in a manner that causes Miku to pass out. She apparently the women feel the feedback of the mech getting damaged. Yeah. So, yeah, um, she passes out because she gets hit. 
Yes, and so because she passes out, her, the entire mech is unpilotable. It is dead weight that they're mm-hmm. having to drag with them to try to escape this horde. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the first time in three episodes, we see just a touch of a redeeming quality from the braggart. Because when she regains consciousness, he just gives her a great big hug. Like, you're alive! Mm-hmm. Well, they're all just cocky kids right now. You they, know? They they're are a bunch of kids. kids. But, but he, he's been... You know, the stereotypical, unlikable brat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Up to this point. Yeah. And then you see that, you know, maybe that's a front for something else, and that he actually has a heart of gold somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, it, could, tre- it could also be her. that, you know, that's just how he reacts to... Because every it's revealed that they all thought that Hito was going to be the leader of the squad. Right. Because he was just a natural leader when he was a kid. He was, uh, they he's the one the who rank named 16, everybody. Yeah. Uh, he was... They like We said earlier that, you know, for some reason the numbers are very, very important. Yes. Um. So him being a two-digit is what they call him. Yeah. A two, uh, sh- should, you know, he should be a very important guy, but he has failed them. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, a lot of them are taking that out on him in various ways. Zorome is just constantly trying to put him down, probably to make himself feel better for, you know, maybe being down on himself the entire time for not being a a higher number. Now, there's there's the third guy. So, the girl who couldn't sink Mm -hmm. and her partner... Uh, Ikugo and then Mitsuru are their names. Ikugo Ikugo is the girl, Mitsuru is the boy. Mitsuru, uh, is in the... is... Before this fight, Mitsuru um, is the one who explains how, you know, who who has that line about numbers being important, about double digits being so much more important than triple digit uh, children. Mm -hmm. And then he just says, Hiro is not who he used to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he says that in a very uh, dark fashion. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when we see that the kids are in trouble, Mm -hmm. and... Zero Two is volunteering to go and, and uh, take care of the problem. But only if she can go with her darling. But only if she can go with her darling. And Mitsuru is there and he volunteers because... He says, I'm a pilot. I'm a pilot. I can do it. I'm a parasite. Send me. Mm-hmm. I'll partner with her. And Hiro says... And Hiro, even though he's very, very upset about it, he says, uh, he says Zero Two, go with him. Go with you him know? because... He's more concerned about his friends than his own position. Mm-hmm. And Zero Two says, as long as you're okay with it, darling, and goes off uh, with him. And um, just... So they learn that this Franks is on the way, and they all think that it's Hiro who's piloting it because he's the only one who's done it in the past. Right. And there's a rumor, there's that rumor that if you pilot it three times, you die. Yeah. Um, but she... Uh, so um, they learn that it's coming... And as they learn that it's coming, Ichigo freaks out, and she remembers the kiss, and she yeah, thinks she that back and... she thinks that they've kissed again, and she panics, and then she loses control over the Franks as well. Yeah. Um. And so things just start get uh, from bad to worse. Mm-hmm. Um. But just in time, um, Zero Two and Mitsuru show up in there in the Franks, and Zero and Mitsuru is just cackling off of a power trip mm-hmm. he um <laughs> yeah he's just he's just cackling he's just like i'm so good look how good i am i'm so much better than hero obviously he's got an inferiority complex to hero and he's trying to uh you know 
prove yeah. himself the better of them. And he starts talking about how, uh, let me be your partner forever. This is amazing. Yeah, I can I'll be, do I'll be like so this. much, I'll be such a better partner for you than Hiro. This is incredible. And she turns back and, to him and, and he goes... Says that in a way, he says that he words it in a way that is deeply offensive to the girl he left behind, his old partner. Yeah, and they're hearing and it. And they're hearing it. They're hearing it. It's all live broadcast. Um, and she... Um, well, and then uh, Zero Two turns back to him with this wicked look in her eyes. She's like, oh, so that means I can go all out, huh? And he's just like, what? Um, and then it cuts to, you know, them just decimating the leader of these little creatures. Um, they, um, they, they manage to rescue everybody, or get the rest of the crew out, but there's still more creatures, mm-hmm. especially the big one. And they are ordered to return and Zero Two turns off the mic. And Zero Two says, but I still want to have more fun. And then turns off the mic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the commander who is in the uh, the room there, she sends a rescue team to go and retrieve... Mm-hmm. Nana. Nana. That's her name. Yeah. She, uh, the red-headed woman uh, yeah. who's kind of their, their commanding officer, I guess. Mm-hmm. Their CO. Yeah. But yeah, um, so she sends... Now, um... The, the pair, the parasite, the pair of them are actually, the guy and girl are named after plant reproductive organs, a stamen and a pistol. Okay. So I think the girls are called pistols and the guys were called stamens. Yeah. That's right. They keep saying you're, they keep saying you're not a stamen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They keep, that's right. It's not, they're not saying you're not a parasite. They're saying you're not a stamen. Yeah. So, mm mm-hmm. Um... And so the way she said retrieve the stamen makes the original girl who was uh, shunned. Uh, what's her name? Oh, Ikuro? Ikuro. Oh, sorry, Ikugo. Ikugo. So say uh, retrieve in a manner as if it was they were collecting a body mm-hmm. instead of uh, rescuing a person. Mm-hmm. Well, and f- like they're all the kids are out and they're out, you know breathing fresh air and stuff like that they're all very happy that they're all alive and then the other franks comes back up and it's just covered in the blue blood and gore of these creatures and um the uh gate the 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 cockpit opens up Uh and zero two walks out and they end with a um they end with a uh a still frame on uh, Mitsuru, uh, unconscious in the pilot seat. Yeah. Um, and they say, and that's when we knew that the rumors were true. So, yeah. Um, but, uh, something that we forgot to cover is that, um, this show also, um, we, we kind of covered it a little bit at the beginning where that, that, uh, old Chinese, um, story. Uh, yeah. Um, how, um, Zero Two sees it as freedom, uh-huh. as being paired with someone and then finally being able to fly and do whatever you wanted. Uh-huh. Um, and we see that, um, she's, she's trying to get Hiro to be her partner. And there's that scene where she's doing these flips in a very, very dangerous location. Mm-hmm. She's like doing flips and cartwheels and stuff on, right. an, on a beam that's out over a drop. Yes. Well, now, now let, 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 let's get, uh, before, before that, he, um, Zero Two is leading Hero through various uh, restricted parts of the uh, of the city, uh-huh. and 
she's got a multi-pass. And oh, she that's can go right. Through it, mm-hmm. And she can go through, she goes through this she does, force field. She has an S-class pass. She has an S-class pass. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, it's not a multi-pass. It is not. That, yeah, uh, this is not fifth element. <laughs> but she, so she walks through this force field that he can't because mm-hmm. he doesn't have the clearance. Mm-hmm. And so what she does is she comes back through the force field and then the, the, the pass is on a glove that she's wearing. And so she grabs Hero by the hand and holds him in a, uh, I want to say a waltz dance position or it looked, something. It looks like a tango to me. Tango, but yeah. a tango mm-hmm. dance position and then leads him hand first through the uh through the security mm-hmm. and so as long pass. as we do this it's totally fine yeah. so yeah and she just walks past the security she, gate like it's nothing like it's mm-hmm. nothing and i want to say that that scene reminded me of the old uh rpg system uh paranoia i i never played paranoia i played this game called paranoia and it's absolutely hilarious um you're in this uh facility where mm-hmm. your color determines your security access and so if you're red, you can only go into red places. If you're orange, you can go into red and orange. And your security goes up the further the, the rainbow mm-hmm. you go. But the building is built wrong, so a green corridor may connect two red places, and you have to get to the other red one. But <laughs> getting a, but finding the way to it may not be possible. <laughs> and the GM plays the uh, this character, Master Control, uh-huh. who you have to ask for resources and if you ask the wrong questions it says you're not allowed to be asking questions like this and it kills you is this actually like a tabletop rpg it's a tabletop rpg called paranoia I have, well that sounds like fun we should totally play it at some point we absolutely should it's fantastic <laughs> but uh just them going through a corridor and then faking their way through a mm-hmm. certain access is mm-hmm. exactly how that game is played and basically you have um the way you name your character is you have a three-digit code, mm-hmm. and then you um, then you have a letter which represents the color of what your your rank, and then you have the number because you have six clones. Oh jeez! And once you run out of clones, you're dead. <laughs> oh jeez! Okay, but um, anyways, uh, getting back to the show. Yes. Um. Uh. So they're out in this place where Hero's not supposed to be. And she starts, you know, asking him questions and just like, have you ever thought about freedom or like what life's out, like outside of that? And he's like, I've uh-huh. never left the, I've never left like the dome upstairs. Like yeah. the, the, I've only been to two places my entire life. And then she turns to him with a very, very serious look on his face. Will you run away with me? Yeah. And, uh, but and he's like, wait, what? And then she's just like, oh, just kidding. And like, you know, goes and, off with and, that. And then so. she, she goes over a railing and then starts walking across this I-beam um, mm-hmm. over the city. Mm-hmm. And so the slightest wind could blow her off and she'd plummet a uh, hundred stories to her death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yep. so he's very worried about her. And she's totally nonchalant about it. And then she even said, and so at the, at, during the scene, he also offers to name her. Mm-hmm. And she says, why bother with a name? When I, di- when we die, no one's going to remember our names. We'll just be statistics. Mm-hmm. And then a, a strong wind comes and mm-hmm. blows her. She leans into the, leans with the wind and looks like she's going to fall off the edge because she's just talking about nonchalantly about death and she looks like she might just allow it to happen. And so he reaches out to try to save her, but there's nothing he could do from how far back he was. And then she then proceeds to cartwheel her way back and yep. acrobat 
jump over the railing and she's mm-hmm. fine. She was in complete control the whole time. Yep. So yeah, so that's the first three episodes of Darling in the Franks. Yeah. Um, I'm very interested about the setting. I'm very interested about the story and seeing what happens. Um, the first three episodes do a really great job of building intrigue. Uh-huh. And uh, keeping you curious about the overall. It's enough to make me want to keep watching. Like, right. I definitely want to keep watching. Um, I heard that the ending, it kind of falls apart. Um, but I've, I've also heard that depending on where your political stance is, you will enjoy the ending or you will hate the ending. Uh, you know, I've heard, pe- you know, people will say whatever they want online. But um, it's, uh, so I'm willing to, I'm willing to keep going with it. But okay. this, this is definitely not a show you want to watch with, with kids around. Right. So it's 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 aimed at teens, but even still, if I was a, te- I don't think I was mature mature enough as a teen to really kind of. Yeah, it's a young adult. Um, it's more of a young adult thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, I, I give the show a pass. I definitely want to watch more of it. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. What about uh, you? I I personally would like to see how this show's going to play out. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like they just finished it up. That they uh, recently released episode twenty four. Yep. And so the first season is all wrapped up, and it might be all there is of the show. Yeah, possibly. I mean, with uh, twenty-four episodes, that's that's a good good size season. Apparently, though, this show um, and uh, My Hero Academia were the big, big hits. Um, Deku and Zero Two were the number one costumes at Anime Expo this last. Really, they're the most common. Okay. Well, I guess guys are too self-conscious. Most anime fans I know that are men. Are uh-huh. too self-conscious to, um, you know, cosplay as Junk Dog. <laughs> Apparently, there were some uh, really good Junk Dog cosplayers, but uh, really, but it's just so much easier to put on a blue jumper and a green wig and call yourself Deku. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. And Deku speaks to a lot of younger anime fans really, oh, really well. Absolutely. Whereas, whereas, uh, you know, Megalobox was where, where very Joe. much aimed at. An older audience. That's so good. It was That's so good. Oh my gosh. We, so we, we've been watching that. We finished it recently. And mm-hmm. that show just has such amazing artwork. They just win 110% oh, on yeah. making that thing oh, yeah. just amazing. And the, the episode 12, when he finally gets to fight... Um, Yuri. Yuri. Oh, what a what a fight. Oh gosh. So good. But anyways, yes. um, that's it for... That's it for Darling and the Franks. Next week and since it's my pick this time i will uh-huh. go ahead and read the synopsis i have never seen this show and it is a huge um i it's a huge blank spot in my anime uh watching um i you know my, my personal library and stuff i've heard nothing but great things about this show you've watched the first bit of I've it i've watched the first bit of it i want to finish it yeah so I've only um, the first bit of it and we've been we've been watching serious shows for the last couple of weeks and i'm a fan of comedies so i decided that next week we're going to be watching cromarty high school um here is the um i love this here show. is this synopsis as taken from crunchyroll is this the real life is this just fantasy i can't believe the, i know right okay real fast one of the reasons i want to watch this show is because they have a character who looks exactly like freddie mercury Okay. Yes. It looks exactly like him. They he never speaks, but they even call him Freddy. So he's he's, just, he's supposed to, he's allegedly a high school student with a full mustache, well built with the suspenders. And it, he, yeah. he's in the suspender getup that uh, Freddie Mercury would mm-hmm. wear. And 
he's allegedly a uh, so Cromartie Hari takes place. Well, Crom- well, let me yeah. finish the synopsis, okay. please. Okay. okay, so, anyways, is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? The only thing for certain, for certain, is that for Kamiyama, Cromartie High School is his reality. And what a surreal reality it is. Because this is where the toughest, meanest, and often dumbest students are sent to do time. At Cromartie, purple mohawk bruisers and pencil-chomping street thugs are just a part of everyday life. And so is a 400-pound gorilla. It's true. So, it's just a very, very... like People... I've been told that if you love Hinamatsuri, which I do, I adore that show. uh um, This show would be right up my alley. So I'm, you're, you're going I'm, to adore this. Show. I'm very much looking forward to Cromarty High School. There's there's a scene that has absolutely nothing to do with the rest of the show, and it makes a point of it because there's this. There, it cuts to a guy playing a ukulele or guitar on a mountaintop by a spring, and he goes, "Wait a second, it's a non sequitur," and he jumps off the mountain, and he goes back to the rest of the show. This is a non sequitur. Okay, so yeah, that's it. It never happens again. It's just well, he, well. What? Don't 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 okay. say anything else. I okay. want to go in as blank as possible into oh, yes. this show. Yes, sir. Yes, um, sir. Okay, but yeah. So next week we're gonna be watching the first three episodes of Cromartie High School. Um. Anyways. Um. And by the way, I was actually scrolling through Crunchyroll trying to find more shows to watch, and they just keep adding older, older shows. Like, uh, well, I'll have to show you some of the stuff that I found next time we have an anime night. Uh huh. Um. But yeah. They they keep adding older shows and their library just keeps getting bigger and bigger and I adore it. But anyways, so Fantastic. that's it for three episodes in. We're not mm-hmm. going to go ahead and move to recommendation of the week. Right. And for me, uh, it's my turn for recommendation of the week. Um, so I'm going to recommend Games Done Quick. Games Done Quick is a charity event done twice a year. They right. do Awesome Games Done Quick and then Summer Games Done Quick. Um and it is a week-long marathon of speedrunners okay. where they just go through and they play through just a huge number of games in a seven-day period. Right. And they do it for charity. And they raise money and they, 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 they get donations, uh, like uh, objects and stuff like that. And they sell and they, uh, you know, donate this amount of money to in order to get a raffle ticket for this item or things like that. Or, you know, they'll have extra games that they can run like um this last time um super mario odyssey was a bonus game and if they reached a certain point in like i think it was like fifty thousand dollars if they if if people donated fifty thousand dollars to that goal they would add super mario odyssey to the um to the list of games that were going to be spit speed run sped run speed ran (laughs) speed ran speed ran ran? I think speed ran is is the is the proper one. Uh, it, that would be speed ran uh, during the. That still sounds weird to say, but I think it's proper. Um, I was gonna say speed and run, and I was just like, no. Sped ran. Sped ran. Sped sped ran. No, I think speed run is what it should be. Okay. Um, they would or speed ran that they would do that they would add to the list of games that they would play. There we go. <laughs> Anyways, um, that's what authors do. If you don't know how, if you don't know how to spell a word, or if you're not sure you're using the word properly, you change the sentence. It, it, Anyways, it's the, um, it's the uh, Porky Pig method of mm-hmm. uh, grammar. But all the money that they raise, they donate to a charity called Doctors Without Borders, Fantastic. where it's just, it's it's a great charity, great time. They broke the two million mark this last time. It was um, they raised two million dollars in a week. Um, wow. Every time they do it, they seem to just get more and more money. Mm-hmm. Um, and they played through, and the, they have a 
they usually have like a metroid a super metroid race where they have four people trying to get through super metroid as quickly as possible mm-hmm. it's always fascinating to watch uh-huh. um and the finale this time was actually a speed run of final fantasy 6 wow beat the ge- final fantasy 6 all characters all espers no glitches in less than seven hours Yeah, yeah, it was kind of incredible to watch. Um, but anyways, um, that's my recommendation of the week. Obviously, they don't need any advertising from us, but, you know, it's always good to spread the word. Um, seriously, if you don't know, if you haven't given them a try, uh, they've got a great YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, or you can go ahead and follow them on Twitch. Okay. Um, they still do speedruns throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally, the their big ones are Awesome Games Done Quick, which is in January, and uh-huh. then Summer Games Done Quick, which is in July. Right. Okay, so yeah, that's recommendation of the week. Okay, uh, that moves us on to the creator shoutout segment. Segment, and I am going to give a creator shoutout to E. M. Siverstein. Okay, she is an amazing uh, painter and artist. Um, I want to say based out of Sweden. Okay. And um, the reason I'm giving her a shout out is I've been working on putting together a uh, steampunk pirate game, uh, air pirate card game. Mm-hmm. And one of my main inspirations is an artwork that she did of a character she drew in uh, Pirate Get Up. Okay. And I'm going to go ahead and link to her Patreon account, her DeviantArt account, and her Instagram okay. page. And just, you know, give her a follow, and she's just absolutely amazing. So. Okay. Good deal. All right. Um. Well, that's it for Creator Shoutout, then. Um, I'm going to give her DeviantArt a look when I get the chance. Um. Anyways, uh, thanks so much for listening this week. Um, if you listened on YouTube, uh, please feel free to give us a like and a subscribe to our channel. Or just go ahead and spread the word. Um, if you like what we do, then please, by all means, spread the word. Um, and go ahead and support us on Patreon if you like. Um, but other than that, uh, where can they find us on social media? Um, well, they can uh, find us on uh, Twitter at the handle uh, at Whitaker Weekly. Okay. And they can uh, search for us on Facebook. Just look for the Whitaker Weekly page. And we will have uh, links to that on our website, WhitakerWeekly.com, soon. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, that's it for this week's episode. Anything else you want to chat about before we close up? That covers it for me. All right. Well, I've been Andrew. I've been Lee. And this has been Whitaker Weekly. You have a great week. (laughs) 